Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. I'm Brian Smith, joined by Bill Meltzer as we move into the first uh, part of the season here. The season's about two, three weeks old as we go through mid-October, and the Flyers are starting to figure things out. It's uh, always a bit of an interesting process to see how things shake out in the first uh, couple of weeks of the season, not just for the Flyers, but across the league. And we certainly have seen... Uh, some teams come out hot out of the game. Teams like Toronto and, and Carolina certainly seem to have things figured out. And the uh, you know, the Western Conference has its share of teams, too, that have had some, some good starts. Flyers are kind of in the middle of the pack after the first couple of weeks of the season. But uh, really, it feels like they've played better than the record might show at this point, especially when you consider that game last week against the Vegas Golden Knights, the one nothing loss. And, uh, uh, you know, Bill, we were talking a little bit about uh, how things uh, kind of get felt out a little bit in the first couple of weeks of the season. What's your assessment of uh, where the Flyers are at this point and uh, some of the things that have, uh, have come along and maybe still have to come along? Yeah, I think on a league-wide basis, you, you tend to see more high-scoring games early in the season anyway. Um, you know, maybe not as extreme as it's been around the league early this season, but uh, I, it's common to see you know more games with uh, you know unfortunately the Flyers on the, the, the wrong side of a lopsided one. But the game after that was a, another high-scoring game. I, I think that uh, it takes a little bit of time to get everything in sync. Um, you know, I, I think coming into the season we looked at the Flyers as a team that were going to score some goals. I still think that's the case. Um, the depth has been tested with, with some injuries. Um, you know, it gives you an opportunity to, to learn some things about the team, though. And, um, you know, the, the depth is such that they could lose a guy like JVR for, for you know, a month plus at this point, and, and there still are guys who can uh, contribute. So that's, that's a positive. Uh, you know, on the, on the downside, I, I think that particularly on the defensive side of the puck until the Vegas game, even the even opening night was a little bit sloppy at times. Um, I, I think that you know the, there's a way the there's a way the Flyers have to play with a certain amount of structure, um, taking care of their own end of the ice and and getting something going up ice, getting a good forecheck going. The, uh, the I thought the game in Vegas, although it was a one nothing loss, was a better played game than the seven four win in Ottawa. I mean, let, let's be honest. Coming off of that uh, very ugly eight to two game against um, San Jose. It didn't really matter how how they won in in Ottawa, just that they got a win and were able to put the debacle, the home opener, behind them. They did that, you know, and I thought they got better as that game went along. Um, and then build on that in the um, Vegas game. You know, sometimes you're going to run to a hot goaltender, and that's what happened in, in that game. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury might not see a better game, you know, against the Flyers in goal all season. Flyers had all kinds of chances in that one. You know, in the bottom line, it's putting the puck in the net. But you know, the, that uh, things tend to happen in in steps anyway. I, I think that the some of the defensive game started coming together in that, and now it's important to build on that and string some wins together. The way this schedule has kind of lined up for this team is interesting to me a little bit. Uh, in in the fact that you know, you look at a team like Vegas. They had to go on the road to start the season, a five-game road trip after their home opener, and uh, you know didn't it fared about as well as you would imagine for a road trip of that of that nature. But you know to put that early in the season and you know kind of maybe puts you behind the eight ball a little bit. Flyers are in a situation where they have a schedule that a does not have a lot of travel, and b uh, once they got back from that opening road trip anyway, 
gives them time to practice. They have a lot of two-day breaks in between games in the month of October, and it seems to me that that would lend themselves to being able to you know, go back and adjust things from these early games and uh, perhaps correct some problems or, or things like that, whereas if you're uh, one of these teams that has you know, 15 games or 14 games in the month of October, you're just trying to survive until your first break. Oh, absolutely, and, and all teams do video, um, but there's only so much you can correct through video. Um, you know, they, they, all teams, I think around the league do a pretty good job today of breaking down games, showing players, uh, you know, for what they did right, as well as, as things that could be improved on, but you need those practices to actually start putting, you know, putting some of those things actually into, into action. Um, and, uh, whether it's compete drills or, or just things like, uh, you know, cutting gaps down, uh, reorganizing your breakouts all those kind of things uh, players logically know but the, having having time to practice it is a huge advantage and um you know now that uh now that the flyers do have that road trip out of the way you know there are there are some home games here you know listen the season always balances out i mean the flyers at the end of this month they're going to go on the their west coast trip which is always a tough trip and then coming up in December, there, there's going to be only four home games all month. So it's going to even out. Then the second half of the season, the Flyers are home a lot. So, you know, I, now's the time when there's a little bit of balance to the schedule. It, it's important. I think it's important to to, uh, to put a, put some wins together and not end up in a situation where, you know, you have to get hot and stay hot all season to, to be up in contention for a spot. Now, you talked a little bit about the injuries, and obviously that affects chemistry, that affects uh, lines, things like that. One thing the Flyers were looking to improve on, though, here in this month of October is 5-on-5 five five scoring because of the success they have had during the uh, early part of this season. A lot of it has been on the power play. You look at a guy like Claude Giroux, six points uh, at, at one point to start this season, five of them on the power play. Obviously, the power play is is working well, and, and that was one of the things we thought would work well after James Van Riemsdyk came in, and uh, unfortunately we're not going to get to see that for uh, another month or so. But uh, what, what does this team need to do five-on-five five to, to kind of tighten things up and, and make sure that they're not fighting this all season? Yeah, and I think uh, you know it starts, it starts with 200-foot play. Defense leads to offense, counter-opportunities. Uh, I mean, we, it's a very small sample size so far. Um, it's funny, you know. You look at the take take the first two games. There wasn't a lack of chances, even in even the San Jose game in the first period alone. You know, Nolan Patrick had one in the opening minute. Um, Oscar Lindblom's robbed at the doorstep. Sean Couturier had a three on one opportunity where, where he hit the crossbar. Um, there was a, another couple good opportunities in there as well in that period. So there were there were opportunities to score at, at five on five, but you know, again, it, it comes down to a bottom line. And then the uh, and then the game against um, Vegas, you know, they had all kinds of chances, shorthanded power play and and five on five. But I I think that um, one of the big the Flyers' biggest areas of improvement last year from the season before that was in in five on five play, um, and it started with reducing the number of chances and goals they gave up. Uh, Flyers were for much of the season last year, and wasn't a story that that uh, got a lot of attention. But for the first three quarters of the season, the Flyers were in the top five in, in fewest goals allowed, five on five. And that, that, that presents a huge advantage just because power plays run hot and run cold. Even, even the very best power plays are going to hit cold spells during the season. 
Uh, the teams that win the most consistently tend to be the teams that do the best five on five. So I think that um, you know, playing with some structure, keeping the four checking pressure up, and getting traffic to then all, all the all the little things. You know, sometimes the the not so pretty goals set up the set up the really pretty ones later on. You know, I I think they're kind of on the right track with that defensively, or rather offensively. On the on the defensive side of the puck, they've taken some baby steps towards getting there, and then when that play tightens up on a consistent basis, then you'll see a lot more odd man rushes, which is where a lot of the scoring happens. Of course, the big story out of training camp for the Flyers was a couple of guys making the team for the first time, in Mikhail Vorobiev and Oscar Lindblom. Lindblom had played obviously last year, but made the opening night roster this year for the first time, and it was uh, Vorobiev's uh, NHL debut at the start of this season. And we, uh, we we talked a lot in our last episode about how those guys had looked in the preseason, how they looked to you in the first couple of weeks of the, the regular season when uh, things are being played for keeps. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the most important thing is that they, they've continued playing a two-way game because that'll keep you in the lineup even if you're not scoring. Um you know, Vorobiev, if, uh, well, again, we'll use the, uh, the Vegas game as an example. Uh, had a couple of really nice defensive plays, a good stick defensively. His body's in a good position. He knows how to use his size. Um, he had points in the first two games of the season, a, a kind of a lucky goal in the second one, but uh, nevertheless a goal. You know, he, what, what he did well in that one was he simply followed the play all the way up the ice. It looked like a simple dump-in play, and all of a sudden it, it there's a mishap around the net. The puck squirts to him. Well, if that same mishap happens and he's not there, then you know, then Colorado recovers and there's no goal there. So, you know, I mean, he's doing doing right things. Uh, I'd like to see him get back to being a little bit more assertive and creative offensively, which is what we saw during the preseason from him. When things get ramped up a step in the regular season, um, that's a, that's an ongoing challenge. I, I think the skill level is there with him, and with with Oscar. You know, he scored the Flyers' first goal of the season on an opening night, and he's been a little bit snake-bitten since then. The chances have been there. Um, you know, he's he's solid on the boards. He's a guy who will go to the net. You know, it's just a question of continu- continuing what he's been doing, and it'll it'll work for him. And then another guy that obviously has been off to a great start this year is Scott Lawton. Uh, perhaps, uh, one, one, you know, a lot of people looking at him as, as one of the best players on the team. Uh, through the early, early part of this season, and uh, it might be too early to call it a breakout year, but if he keeps this up, it would uh, turn into one. What's uh, What are the changes in his game? Uh, he's had a, a bit of a road to get here. He was a 2012 draft pick and uh, got to the NHL, then spent a year in the American Hockey League before coming back again. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on uh, what you've seen from him and uh, what he needs to do to continue to be successful this year? I think Scott has an identity now uh, as a player. Um, as a young player, as, as with many young players, you know, um, he, he didn't he didn't necessarily have an identity and didn't know what worked for him at this level. Uh, I, I think the move to left wing has helped him. Uh, not that he's not that he's a bad center, but I do think left wing maybe maybe the right position for him up here. Um, he, there was you know the responsibilities are a little bit different. Um, he he gets in as well as just about anybody on the forecheck. Very plays very aggressively. He's um, you know, even remember during the playoff series against Pittsburgh last year where he was playing wing, he was one of the few flyers, if you look at the end of the series, that I thought was pretty good through most of the series. And he's kind of continued to build on that. 
Um, he does have three goals so far as well this season, which is which is nice. Um, you know, it, it would be really nice to see him build on ten goals, get to fifteen, eighteen. You know, uh, that would be that would be a tremendous accomplishment, particularly for a guy who doesn't get out on the power play. So uh, you know, I, I think Scott's a guy who just has to continue what he's doing. Um, I, I think that uh, there was that there was that scary play in the the Vegas game where I think a lot of us were surprised he came back out for the third period. And um, but he, you know, was no worse for the wear. Apparently, finished the game. He's been practicing ever since. Uh, I think that uh, the combination of of uh, Lawton and and Michael Roffle has been uh, has been a big positive so far this season. Even even when things were going awry in other ways, I, I thought that their line and I think uh, you know and and I think that um, even the Orlatera gets some credit here too because that that fourth Flyers fourth line has been a pretty dependable unit so far. Uh, with JVR out, Lawton's had an opportunity to move up, and he's just continued doing the same things. So across the league this year now, as we move on a little bit, the uh, the scoring obviously has has been up, and we've you, you notice this anecdotally, but um, some of the, some of the uh, hard numbers from early on this year, um, the uh, first week of the season across the league, average of six point four one goals scored per game. Last year it was 6.09. The year before that it was 4.79. Um, you look around the league and you see all these scores that look like scores out of a 1985 stat book with with these big numbers, 7-4, to 6-3, whatever. Uh, six teams in the league uh, had, uh, through the first couple of weeks, had, um, had scored seven or more goals a game. Flyers both did that and had that done to them. Right. Uh, so they were on both sides of the ledger in that. And I think uh, it seems a lot of people see that. And, you know, being used to what the recent scoring trends have been, they freak out. Why are they giving up eight goals? Well, I think that was one of maybe three or four, eight to two games already this year that I've seen. And I'm not sure if anybody knows why the scoring is up. I know there's been changes to the goalie chest protector. And, uh, you know, and I think when there's things like this that have happened in the past, they tend to trend – back toward the middle, if you will, a little bit as teams start to figure something out or maybe goalies start to figure things out. Just curious, your thoughts on what's caused this scoring explosion? Uh, will it continue, and, and how does it affect the Flyers? Is this a situation where they would actually uh, benefit from a, a league where you know there's six or seven goals scored per night between the teams? Yeah, and I, I don't think that'll keep up. I think it'll be, as with previous seasons, it'll, it'll go back to the norms. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit higher, but not uh, not you know not outrageously higher. I mean, the goalie chest protectors you mentioned that's uh, that's probably a, a secondary factor. You know, there there's a lot of little things that that uh, add up and contribute towards it. You know, you have uh, you have a lot of young players around the league. The league gets younger and younger all the time. Um, players come with a lot of skill, a lot of speed. Not necessarily the best school defensively, and it takes a little bit of time for them to get up to speed in, in playing that 200-foot NHL game. So I think that's a, that's another secondary factor. I'll tell you, though, Brian, one of the factors early in the season, it's been the power plays league-wide have really been clicking at a, at a very high mm-hmm. rate so far. A lot of times, you, a lot of times it's kind of the opposite, where it takes power plays a little time to get going, guys to get in sync. I mean, the Flyers through the uh, – Heading into the Vegas game, they started out at 25%. If you were 25% for a season, you're probably going to lead the league or if not lead the league, be second. Flyers were 25% um, through through their first 20 power plays, and they were 
I believe the Flyers are only tied for 10th. There were nine mm-hmm. teams higher. That's not going to continue. Right. That, that'll come down. Right. Well, we'll see what happens there, but it certainly has been an entertaining start to the season around the National Hockey League, uh, you know, both uh, here in Philadelphia and with some of the other teams. So we'll see how the Flyers weather this storm and uh, hopefully look forward to the return of uh, James Van Riemsdyk before we get too far into November and see how things go there. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms are underway in their season, coming off a, a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals last year in the American Hockey League, and uh, they, much like the parent team, got thumped on their home opener as well, as uh, that seemed to uh, spread downward a little bit. But um, give us an update on what you've seen uh, from the Phantoms so far this year and uh, how they are uh, adapting and and looking to take another step forward. Yeah, good solid home opening night for them. Um, You know, it was a uh, solid victory. And then the the home-and-home of Springfield this past weekend – you know, that, that Friday night game may have been the worst game the Phantoms have played since they relocated from Glens Falls to to Allentown. Um, they lost 7 nothing, and nothing went right for them, not on either side of the puck. Two for seven on the penalty kill. Um, you know, you, you could really... Uh, As in they killed two? or No, they, uh, they only killed two. Only killed two of seven. Yeah, two. that's going to ruin your night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... Carter Hart let in a really bad one, a really bad goal with about five seconds left in the first period. So when going instead of going off trailing one nothing, they're off, they're down two to nothing. Uh, I, I wouldn't put the other goals he gave up really on him so much. Um, uh, Anthony Stolarz came in and didn't fare too much better. Uh, the the you know the the young forward, the young defenseman, the veterans, they just did not have a good game. But the they bounce back the next night. They're trailing four to two late in the third period. Um, getting down to the final two minutes of the game, you're uh, it's going to be another regulation loss. Well, lo and behold, and it just speaks to their resiliency. They came back and tied it with two two uh, late in regulation, then one in a shootout. Uh, David Kasha scored the first one, and uh, I think Car- Greg Carey scored the tying goal in the final half minute of the game. And then uh, and then German Rubtsov scored. Uh, in the shootout and won the game so you know that was that was a two points that they f- didn't figure they were going to get the way it was shaping up now let's see them build on it I mean they're they should be they should be a good hockey team uh they have they have a lot of quality young players they've been rotating who's been scratched actually there are so many young guys on the team uh Kasha played the first and third games um Connor Bonneman played the second and third and Carson Twarinski sat out the most recent game in, in Springfield, so they're figuring out personnel a little bit. And and with as with any any team in any league, you know, it takes a little bit of while, it takes a little bit of time to get in sync. Uh, I'm interested to see how the goalie rotation is going to work out. Obviously, they want to get Carter Hart work, but the other guys need work too. Um, Carter Hart started the first and second games. Um, Anthony Stolar started the second half of the back to back, and. Uh, Alex Lyon just fell into the numbers game and was a healthy scratch the last two games. Well, I mean, we saw what Alex did through the playoffs last year. He's, he's going to need work, too, and deserve some work. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how, the three, how it works out with the three of them. That's something I'm looking for in the upcoming games. It it's kind of struck me as I watched those scores come in that, uh, you know, maybe even this the first week of their season uh, is a bit of a microcosm of, of why Ron Hextall – says a guy like Carter Hart needs to start the season in the American Hockey League because, you know, can, not not that any t- anybody ever wants your team to lose seven to nothing, but 
for, for something like that to happen down there, um, and then you watch and he bounces back from it, is exactly why um, Ron Hextall wants him to play in the American Hockey League first because if he gets thrust into NHL action and you lose your first home game 8-2, to that's a big, way different thing. Uh, can you imagine that happened to him up here? Than, uh, than down there. So, I, I, I mean, I, that just is kind of exactly why you, I think we're in the situation that we're in right now with him, that he's not being rushed, and, and why the Flyers went out and picked up uh, Calvin Pickard off waivers so uh, they would not have to subject any – well, really any of those three, but uh, you know, Hart specifically to, uh, to start in the NHL and do stuff like that. And then who knows where your confidence goes and, and what happens from there. Uh, and every young goaltender has some adversity. It's never smooth all the time. It does, doesn't matter what goalie it is. Um, that's why even most of the best goalies, you know, um, Martin Brodeur, if you ask him, his, his year in the AHL before he moved up was, was vital for him. You know, he, he was ready for the NHL after a year. Um, you know, even guys who kind of fast-tracked, even Patrick Waugh had a Calder Cup run with, uh, you know, the Sherbrooke Canadians at that time before he came up. Um Carey Price had some time in the AHL before he before he came up, and even and he struggled some early in his NHL career. If you remember that uh, 2008 series with the Flyers, Flyers mm-hmm. lit him up pretty good in that yeah. series, and and it got you know it, it got in his head for a while. Um, they did, you know, Flyers don't want to see that happen with Carter, and he's a confident young player. But every goalie, you know, every goalie has his uh, obstacles to overcome. You, as you said, you lose eight to two. You know, uh, Brian Elliott was out for all eight goals, but he's a veteran. He's, he's been through it all before. Mm-hmm. He's seen all the ups and downs. There was never a question that, that Elliott would be, you know, there would be any kind of carryover with him. Uh, with Carter, now we're going to see what's going to happen in his next start. And, and I think he'll do, I think he'll be just fine. But uh, definitely the AHL level you play through. And also there are adjustments to make, too. You know, there were, there were, there were, Reading, reading attacks, tracking the puck, you have better shooters at the pro level than you do with junior. It's why it's a very, very hard transition to make, jumping from junior to the NHL, and why almost you know, very, very few guys have ever done it. So I think that uh, you know, with Carter, you take the, you take the long-term perspective, look at, it, look at him over the course of this year, and see a progression, you know, whether it's over half a season, one season, a season and a half, whatever the case might be. You know, there are going to be ups and downs, and there be different different tests for him. And now he has, uh, you know, his first bounce-back test. So we'll see where things go there. And, uh, you know, obviously the Flyers are going to have a situation on their hands when all these goalies are healthy. So that will be interesting to see what happens to uh, the, the six goalies between the two teams. <laughs> and we'll figure out, uh, figure out across that bridge when we come to it, I think is uh, kind of the way – Ron Hextall put it. Well, both these teams are earlier in their seasons, but the, uh, the, the other leagues where the Flyers prospects are playing are well into their seasons. Uh, give us a little update on what's going on uh, on the farm, if you will, with uh, some of these junior and, and college guys that the Flyers have scattered around the world. Well, the uh, collegiate seasons just got underway. Actually, the, uh, some of the Ivy League teams haven't played yet. Um, so, you know, Jack St. Ivany, for example, with Yale has, has yet to have a game. That'll be, uh, uh, be upcoming. Um, so, uh, you know, with a lot of incoming freshmen, um, you, again, you have to take a big-picture perspective. It's a, it's a jump-up level of competition. Uh, it's been nice to see that um, Joel Farabee has jumped right into college hockey. Doesn't look, at a, doesn't look out of place whatsoever. 
uh, scored his first collegiate goal. Well, actually, he had one, hit a goal and assist in an exhibition game, but that gets uh, wiped out once the season starts. So this past weekend, he had a shorthanded breakaway goal for his first uh, his first collegiate hockey goal, and just in general, has looked really solid. Um, you know, Jay O'Brien has played three games so far with Providence. He doesn't have a point yet, but that's that that's going to come. He's been he's been solid two ways. Has seven shots on goal already. Um, you know, he was a little unlucky on a, on a couple of scoring opportunities. So it, it, if it doesn't immediately click in, it, it will pretty soon. Um, you know, there's uh, Wyatt Kalinick is a guy who flies under the radar uh, in, in a lot of these, you know, prospect talks. But, you know, Wyatt is a guy who I, I think is going to be a pro and probably be a pretty decent pro. A little bit of a late bloomer, but um, – you know, the collegiate level, he's become a really solid offensive-minded defenseman. Had a great game for Wisconsin this weekend. Uh, two goals and an assist, a, a plus five, five shots on goal. That was a uh, really solid game for him. And he was he was really one of the better uh, freshman d- defensemen around the NCAA last year. And again, he's a little bit of an older guy. He's a 21-year-old sophomore, but he's a, he's a late bloomer, and he's very much on the right track. Um so we'll see what happens with those guys. You know, Wade Allison is uh, still recuperating from ACL surgery. He shouldn't be out too much longer, but he's missed the start of the season. Um, but for the for the long haul, things shape up pretty well for him. And uh, Ohio State just got started. Tanner Lashinsky's a you know a key player for them. Plays on their top line. So you know a lot of really a lot of exciting players to watch on the collegiate level. Uh, on the junior hockey level, Morgan Frost had. Uh, 15 points already through 10 games. And actually, he, although he was pointless last game, I thought it was better than the two previous games when he had six points in those two games. He was just all over the ice uh, against North Bay last game. Really his, really, what his best scoring chance of the game wasn't even one of his shots. He had a, a shorthanded two-on-one and a lot of net to shoot at, and he backhanded it just wide. So he's, he, he's just fine. You know, he's doing just fine. Um, Isaac Radcliffe is off to a really quick start. And uh, the two defensemen in the, the Western League, um, Zamula, of course, who was assigned to uh, an entry-level deal. Uh, he, he's gone back to Calgary and, and continued a lot of the things that he did in camp. No points, but, but solid defensively, moving the puck very well. And um, Wyatt Wiley is off to a really solid start, and he's playing a bigger role on the offensive side of the puck this year, too, um, for the Everett Silvertips. So he's, uh, you know, he's continuing to grow in his game as well. And, you know, and just to touch real quickly on the European side, uh, Oli Leeksell is looking like a, a lock for the uh, Swedish national team for the World Juniors. He's off to a really solid start for them. And, um, you know, of the of the guys playing over there, and also Felix Sandstrom in goal, you know, who I think will be over with the Phantoms next season. He's under contract. You know, those are, those have been two guys who've taken taken a nice step early this season. So from the young to the old, the Flyers alumni have been uh, active and out there over the course of the season so far as well as uh, seen uh, seen some, I don't know, highlights, but uh, photos of uh, some of the things they've been up to. What's the alumni up to uh, earlier on uh, in, here in the uh, in the year? Well, the uh, alumni just had uh, back-to-back games this, this weekend. Uh, one was for uh, an organization called Athletes Helping Athletes. It's for... Uh, Players with special needs. Um, did Joe Watson survive the back-to-back? <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe did wow. just fine. Joe did Good just for fine. Joe. Yeah, and then uh, on on Sunday was the uh, 
Sunday was the uh, face-off against cancer game, which is the sixth year the Flyers alumni have done it, and uh, it, that is a that is a, a great event because the money raised goes directly. They, they each year they pick uh, three local cancer patients, and all the proceeds raised go directly to the cancer patients and their families. And this year they raised seventy thousand dollars. Well, we'll see what happens as uh, the the year goes on. Obviously, we see these guys at the carnival. I would imagine, right? So yeah, they, uh, they'll, they'll there's be always around. an alumni presence at the carnival. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, the uh, Flyers uh, Florida Panthers game. There's the uh, annual alumni golf check presentation to Snyder Hockey mm-hmm. in the blocks, and that's a that's another big uh, you know another big event for the alumni. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that, and uh, we'll have. Uh, you know, a lot more going on with that over the course of the year. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Flyer Buzz. Uh, again, the uh, Flyers are kind of cruising through a relatively easy month of October, so we'll continue to keep you up to date on that and then uh, headed out on the road here right before Halloween for their first long road trip of the year. Bill, thanks for the time, and we'll see you soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us, everyone, on this edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7.